And I have noticed an increase in listeners in Eastern Europe to our little church service here in Shepherd, Texas. Uh, the, uh, the gospel is something that people all over the world are hungry for, and um, as long as they can get internet, it appears that the folks in Eastern Europe are hungry to hear the Word of God. And so we are blessed and humbled to be able to provide that through this little mechanism that we have here, a little podcast. So this morning, I want to uh, come from the epistle for today. It's out of Galatians. If you're looking on, uh, your bulletin has the scripture, Galatians 5, beginning at verse 1, and then it skips down to verse 13 through 25. Uh, but whatever version of the Bible you prefer is, is good. W- what's interesting is that the lectionary that this comes from uh, is produced and it goes in three-year cycles and it always amazes me the Holy Spirit that goes ahead of us and prepares the way for us put this scripture right in the middle of our 40-day discernment period where we're deciding on whether or not to stay in the UMC or go somewhere else um, it's interesting that God's Word always goes before us. Hear what Paul writes in Galatians 5. He begins with this one verse, and, and we could make an entire sermon out of verse uh, 1 if we wanted to, but I won't do that. But listen to what he says. It says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, Keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh is against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of unrighteous anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I paused here and I was looking for a little bit more um, definitive answer from Paul or from any scripture, really, about this phrase that he uses, sexual immorality. What exactly 
according to the Bible, is sexual immorality. And I found that Paul gives us a no gray area included uh, definition of sexual immorality in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Here is what he says as he is more specific. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor those habitually drunk, nor verbal abusers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. So there's no gray area here. Sin is sin. Whatever your sin was or is, whatever anyone's sin was or is, sin is sin. What do we want to focus on, however? We want to focus not on the evidence of the flesh, but the evidence of the Spirit. And that's why if we go back to Galatians, Paul continues in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. So as I said, there's no coincidence that this passage from Galatians has come into the lectionary for such a time as this. God's timing is always perfect. The Holy Spirit's message for us today is perfectly timed according to that perfect timing of God. We are today well underway with our 40-day period of discernment concerning this question of disaffiliation from the United Methodist Church. And because we're in the middle of this disaffiliation, which will conclude on July 28th, we have to be clear. We have to be extraordinarily clear about what God's Word says about sin. All sin. All sin. Why? Because we are all sinners. There's no one who has a sin greater than someone else's. I don't care what the sin is. We're all sinners. When we choose Jesus, we are under grace and forgiven for our sin. When we reject that faith, that that forgiveness from Jesus, we're on thin ice. Thin ice. So we need to be clear what the Word says about sin and how we as the church, the body of Christ, should respond to sin. It's very clear here in Paul's writings that we need to keep the main thing the main thing. What I mean by that is we need to identify what is sin and then choose the wiser path of the Holy Spirit instead. Identify it, but don't dwell in it. Those in our denomination who want to perpetuate the sin want all of us to spend our time and our energy debating the sin, talking about the sin, 
worrying about the sin, being tolerant of the sin, being accepting of the sin. And I have news for you. That is a denomination of abomination. Denomination, I'll say it again, of abomination. We will not continue to mull over the sin, any sin, as if there were any question as to whether or not it's really a sin. Did God really say that you shouldn't eat of the apple? We've heard that lie before, haven't we? No. We're not going to eat of the apple. It's a sin, period. Just like all the other sins. It's sinful. Get over yourselves. Call it a sin. Move on, church, because we are not going to indulge this devil's playground for another second longer. Call it bad and move forward into the main thing, which is the fruit of the Spirit, which Paul says is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the self with its passions and its desires. Christ has set us free for the sake of freedom. Therefore, stand firm and don't submit to the bondage of slavery, sin, ever again. See, the progressive folks in the denomination have reached the point written about in 2 Timothy 4.3, which says, For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desire. See, here's the thing. God does not change His character. God does not change His nature. God does not change His Word. He is unchanging. He is always faithful. And He is always true. On the other hand, the human heart and mind our opinions and our feelings change direction with the slightest breeze, bending and deforming under pressure, easily swayed, distracted, deceived by whatever sounds good or feels good or requires less effort or requires the least amount of commitment to the truth. As, as I listen to some of my fellow clergy and some academics, teachers out there attempt to legitimize the world's cultural drift away from the unchanging God and to excuse the willful rejection of the Word of God, I am deeply concerned for those people who are being led astray down a path of disobedience and ultimately to their own destruction. And I will say this as bluntly as I know how with, with as much love as I know how. 
If you are tempted as individuals or as a congregation to follow a path of tolerance instead of holiness, of willfulness instead of truthfulness, of feelings instead of righteousness, then be warned. It is a broad path that you will embark on. A road of falsehood that leads to separation from the way of Christ. Don't take my word for it. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. But the gate is narrow, and the way is constricted that leads to life, and there are few who find it. If you're taking notes, that's Matthew 7, 13 through 14. See, the the fact of the matter is, church, this discernment that we're in is not really about what the theologically liberal faction would have you believe. See, they want you to believe it's about tolerance and fairness and equality for those who practice homosexuality. That is a mere sliver of a symptom of what this is about. See, they want you to believe that it's about homosexuality because it's easy for them to point the finger at the Bible believers, the ones who believe what the Bible says, the traditional church, if you will, and call them hateful and bigoted and lacking in compassion for people who practice this particular brand of sin called homosexuality. For the record, I have to say, that in every church I've ever attended, every church of Bible believers, every church I've ever led, I have never witnessed any hateful, bigoted people who lack compassion for any sinner because they know in their heart of hearts, there by the grace of God go I. I've never witnessed that kind of behavior from true Christians. Never. Not once. Ever. All sinners are welcome here. Why? Because if we put a sign on the door that said, no sinners allowed, none of us could come in. Not a single one. Make no mistake. We are not in discussions about human sexuality. That's just the hot button issue that the so-called progressives are pushing to deceive and distract people who are in the discussion at this point in time. See, the thing we are really discussing is whether or not we believe that obedience to the Bible, the Word of God for the people of God, is important to calling ourselves the church. Do we believe that Jesus is who He said He is? Do we believe that Jesus, the Word of God, is the truth? If we believe, as the Bible says, that the church is the body of Christ, then we simply have to choose the infallible Word of God. To choose otherwise means that we are not the church, but rather we're some organization that does some of the things that churches do. Is that really who you want to be? 
If so, we can lift up that screen right now. We can pry that cross off the wall and we can call ourselves Shepherd Community Center. But I don't think that's what you want. I don't think that's what you want at all because the church is the body of Christ in motion in the world. We are the redeemed by Christ and we live by the Spirit. We practice the fruit of the Spirit. We practice love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And as Paul says, if we live by the Spirit, then let's follow the Spirit. Let's follow the Spirit of truth. Let's be obedient to the Spirit of truth because His Word is truth. His Word is life. Why would we choose any other way? I don't know. I do not have an answer for those who are chewing, choosing to go the way of the apostate church, which is no church at all. I've said it before, I'll say it again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Next hymn is Sweet Sweet Spirit. Mm-hmm.